Join me in prayer as we um, enter into worship with the word now. Dear God, we come to you now, and dear Lord, just, uh, just bless us, dear Lord, with your presence. Just speak to us. Allow us to hear your word. Allow us to absorb it for what it's worth, dear Lord. Allow us to hear the true meaning this morning. Allow us to give it in love, to receive it in love, dear Lord. And we just give you all the praise and glory. And dear Lord, just allow us to go out and live it as an example as you live through us. In Christ's name we pray these things. Amen. We're going to continue our, uh, since y'all are home, talking about the family here. And the last several weeks we've hit some, um, some pretty important topics. We've talked about the proper mindset for family. We've talked about the, the structure dealing with family. And then um, last week we, I uh, don't remember what we talked about last week, so skips me for a second. But last week we hit it as well. And then so um, stability. Last year was family, or last week was family stability. So um, this week we're going to talk about a very important, a very important um, discussion subject. And this is one that we don't get right all the time. This is one that breaks down. It's one that requires endurance. It requires um, us to be um, on purpose. The Bible speaks to it. The Bible gives us advice, gives us guidelines. It gives us teaching, and we just want to make sure that, uh, that we cover it in the right way. Um, I have um, proper communication is the theme today. So this is, this is one that we really need to, that we really need to, to hit on pretty hard. Um, I have a special guest with me this morning to help me get through this, and um, pray for her. She's not a professional speaker. Um, she's a little bit nervous. In fact, I ha- think I had to lock the, the back doors to keep her from leaving on me. But um, I'm going to um, call up my beautiful wife, Arianne. She's going to join me this morning, and we're going to have, she's going to help me get through this discussion on proper communication. Hey, babe. So this, this is my beautiful wife. You want to have a seat there? We'll get you a microphone here. Get you lined up. Pop it off. Hold it down until it hits green. Okay. You good? Okay. I'm going to give him a test real quick. So, hello. Good morning. All right. So, um, I'm thankful for Arianne. She is, um, she's a wonderful mother, and you're very, very pretty. Okay. So, I'm thankful that she uh, has uh, agreed to be up here with me this morning, kind of do a little bit of a, of a different kind of flavor here. And uh, also, if we're going to have a, a discussion about communication, you know, you might be... Uh, helpful to get the uh, feminine perspective as well okay so let's start out real quick with the subject of biblical communication so in the bible it does bring forth that communication is key communication is the key to the health in all of your relationships and we talk about this inside of your relationship with jesus christ you will want to have a very strong healthy prayer life that is your connection with god you go you pray in the name of jesus christ because he was crucified and risen for us and that's how we get to the father no one gets to the father except through jesus christ and the holy spirit is our pathway to jesus christ so in the bible it says and these are the very words of jesus christ do you not understand that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and is digested and eliminated so when we talk about health in this world one of the things that we really hit on is what we consume with our mouths our our diets really what we concentrate on and 
inside of these relationships, inside of families, if you really want to have a healthy family, a healthy relationship, you worry more about, and this is what Jesus Christ, this is the point that he is making, is that we concentrate so heavily on what goes into the body for health that actually one of the most important things that can contribute to the health of all of your relationships, all of the relationships inside of your family and with your spouse is what actually comes out of your mouth because those are the things that show what's inside of the heart and usually, as Jesus Christ says, they defile a man, okay? And then we go on, it says in Galatians that we are not to be deceived because this is a biblical law. It is so biblical that it is a natural law that God will not be mocked in whatever kind of plant we whatever kind of seed that we plant, that is what will grow and that is what we reap. So words and the way that we communicate and the words that we say to each other, they have such power. And if you sow words of hatred into your marriage, into your family, if your relationship with your children is, a, is an aggressive one and it is one that is constantly at odds, then you will reap a harvest that shows that that's the kind of communication that happens. So if you have a healthy communication process, then you will reap a healthy family, a healthy marriage. And the same thing with your relationship with Jesus Christ. If you have a healthy prayer life, then you will reap a healthy relationship with Jesus Christ. And again, our words have power. Inside of Proverbs, it says that a man's stomach could be satisfied for what he eats. From whatever passes through his lips, he will be filled. But then it goes on and it gives the the how powerful our words are that they have the death and life are in the power of our words. So you can kill a relationship with your very words. And sometimes, and and I'm guilty of it, I've hurt people over my life, and we say things, sometimes we mean the same that way, sometimes we come off wrong, but the way that we say things, the way, what we say, who we say it to, you can kill a relationship in an instant with what you say, but you can also build it up. You can also inject love and health into your relationships and to your health of your family, okay? And those are the fruits that we, that we want to eat, okay? Those, those are the ones that we want to feed people with is the fruits of our lips, all right? And we also want to communicate with grace. That's what we're so thankful about our communications with Jesus Christ is that every word that comes from God the Father, it lifts us up, it builds us up. Even when he is chastising us, he is still doing it in a way that lifts us up. And uh, it is whatever is good for edification. That's a fancy word for building up to, um, to make stronger. And that's what we want to do is that we want to have a way of communicating to where we build up our relationships. Okay. So how do we get there? What is the proper mindset of communication? Okay. So this is what I'm going to pull you in. All right. So you ready to go? Okay. So the mindset, the proper mindset of communication according to the Bible. All right. So. The Bible tells us that wives have a mega need. Now, you have, you have all kinds of needs. I'm aware of that, okay? Um, you have financial needs. You have spiritual needs. You have physical needs. You have all those kinds of things as well. You also have emotional, okay? But the Bible says that security is the mega need of a wife. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. I need to know that no matter what, when my hair turns gray, when I get wrinkles when I still can't lose the weight I need to lose from having kids 13 years ago, you're still there. You're always going to be there for me, no matter what. Okay. And that's only fair because as I've turned gray and wrinkled and turned bald... I'm still here. You're still here. Okay. And I appreciate that. All right. I'm very thankful for that. 
Okay. So, so you agree in, in the Bible spot on that the mega need for a wife is security. All right. And it, what we see here is that he himself, this is out of Hebrews, the good Lord himself has told us that he will never leave us nor forsake us. This is an important scripture here because it says that you will never leave. Correct. But this forsake part is a very important part. Anything to add there? I mean, we don't, a lot of guys haven't left, but they're not a part of the family. Right. And it's security that you're not physically going to leave, but you're going to be involved. You're going to be a part of the family, a part of me, a part of everything. And we're going to continue to build on that emotional connection. Okay. Same thing with our connection with God the Father. All right. And then Ephesians goes on and, and it speaks directly to husbands. It says, love your wife just as Christ loved the church and he gave himself up for the church. This is sacrificial, unconditional love. Even at our worst, the Bible says that God found us and still went to the cross for us. And this is something here that we are to love in a sacrificial way. Okay. So first Peter tells us that we are husbands are to dwell with them in understanding and giving honor to the wife. Now, I want you to read this word here, honor, okay, when we talk about the mega need for husbands, because we are to honor our wives, and we love them in such a way that we actually, you know, the Bible, we get so hung up on this word to submit, okay, but when they submit, we're supposed to, to reward them by lifting them up, and I hope that I, I don't always do it, but I hope that I can love you in a way that lifts you up, okay. And so that's what it's saying is that you should love them in such a way that it's a sacrificial, unconditional loving in that you are actually loving them in such a way that it's actually giving honor to them. All right. So let's move on to husbands. All right. Husband says that says wives, you are to submit to your husbands as is fitting to the Lord. OK, so the mega need and I have a lot. I have a lot of needs. Right. OK, so the, my mega need and all the husbands mega need is respect and honor. Would you agree with that as well? Absolutely. I can say things different ways depending on how I say it. can go one way or the other showing respect towards you. And you would never use that as a tool against me, would you? Never. Okay. Yeah. All right. Just so we're on the record on that, okay? So, and I appreciate that you've never used that as a tool against me, all right? But men are, men, men are built with an ego, and uh, the, even the, the, the least egotistical man has an ego. And so... When we talk, when we communicate, it's important to understand that when men talk to their wives, they have to clothe their language with security and tell them, I'm always going to be here for you. Regardless what happens in the world, regardless what we do to each other, I'm still going to be here. We have a rule. What's one of the, what's one of the, when we first got married, what word are we never to say to each other in a serious conversation? Divorce. Divorce. We don't ever, we've never said that in a fight, have we? Okay. Have you ever thought it? Don't answer, okay? It could be held against you in a court of law. All right, no, I'm kidding. All right, but with, with husbands, it is egos. And, we are to, and when wives speak to us, if you want to build us up, if you want to do it in a healthy way, you are to clothe your language with honor and respect so that my ego and our egos aren't hurt, all right? And then it goes on and says, Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular love his own wife and let the wife see that she respects her husband. So we have to come together in a way of love and women have to love their husbands in such a way that it actually is a respectful love. It's the kind of the way that we approach Jesus Christ, that kind of love, that kind of respect. And, it, you know, you can try it your own way, 
But this is the, Bible te- the biblical teaching here, and if you're going to do it according to the Bible, then these are the needs that you need to understand that husband and wives have. Children, they have a mega need. Gosh, do they have needs, right? My Lord. But also, the biblical need, the mega need that children have, it's, it's just to have an example. And that's what are we, to, we are to train them up in a way that even when they get older, regardless of the path that they take in life, they will not depart from the teaching that they saw as a child. And that is because they have seen strong biblical examples in their life. You're showing them how to be a mother, how to be a wife. I'm showing them how to be a husband, how to be a father. We're showing them how to be friends. We're showing them how to be co-workers, to have a relationship, okay? And then it goes on, it says that fathers... Don't provoke your children. Don't speak to them in anger. Don't always be on them because even when Jesus Christ, even when God is chastising us, he does it in a way that shows love. It shows edification. It's always in a way of building up. I probably don't do that all the time. You're probably tougher than I am with the kids sometimes, right? Probably. Probably. Don't forget you get a microphone, all right? Okay, so... This is that we are to bring them up in discipline and instruction of the Lord. And if you're going to do that... In instruction of the Lord, then there has to be a a form of love there, okay? And then it goes on again. Fathers, don't provoke your children because they could become discouraged. And what that is saying is that they will become discouraged with the relationship, with the family, with church. And this is is biblical teaching, and it says that children need an example, but they need a firm, loving, biblical example. Sometimes Sometimes we give them tough love, but we give them more tough than love, all right? So 2 Timothy says that you should continue and you shall um, be, have understand and be assured of knowing what you learnt from your childhood and from the Holy Scriptures so that it will make you wise and that you will have salvation which is in Christ Jesus. So right here is that this puts a huge burden on parents and we have to get our communication systems in such a way that it's healthy so that we can present a healthy relationship and healthy biblical Christian examples of love, of discipline to our children because our example is teaching them and is teaching them to go to salvation which is found in Christ Jesus. Okay, so what a huge amount of responsibility that is placed on on parents is that you are teaching your children in a way so that they will reach out and request salvation, which is found in Christ Jesus. Wow. Puts a lot on us, doesn't it? Huh? All right, so what's this look like in application? What can we do? So the first thing that we need to do is understand tone. How many times have you said your tone is terrible? I'll say that. More than I can count more than you can count. Mm-hmm. So talk to me a little bit. The Bible says that I, even if I spoke with the tongues of men and of angels and glorious words, if I don't speak in love, I am just a symbol. I'm just a loud clanking noise. So talk to me about tone. It's, that's one of those things. It's not the words you say. It's how you say it. Um, so you're telling me that the words I say are less important than the way that I'm actually saying it. Absolutely. Seriously, the words that I say to you so I could say, Ariane, I love you. <laughs> and that's worse than, Ariane, I hate you. Probably. For yeah. me, it would be. For you, it is, for right? For me, it is, yes. So you're saying that tone matters that much to you. Yes, it does. It's just simply because I can tell your mood on how you say something to me, your tone. I can tell what mood you're in. 
So. Okay. From our tone, we find out if anyone cares. So you can tell if I'm angry. My tone is anger, okay? So like if she comes up to me and wants to talk about something, and if she approaches me and says, hey, I, let's talk about something, I say, yeah, what do you want? That shows an angry tone, a tone of anger, right? There's also an accepting tone. If she comes to me and says, hey, I want to talk, we got something to talk about, and I say, hey, yeah, let's talk about it right now. I'll drop everything. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You're exposing too much. No, I'm sorry. Good. No, you're fine. All right. And then there's also... Mm, That's the worst. This one hit me right in the liver. Liver punch. This is, my, this is the one I'm guilty of, right? Where I show indifference. Yes. How do you feel when I, show you, when I have a tone of indifference? Then I just shut down completely. I, I first get mad, and then I just shut down and stop communicating completely. So, if I, so actually, these two, we continue to talk, right? Maybe yeah. not in the best of way here. Right, because if your tone is anger, my tone becomes anger. Okay, and then with accepting, we end up talking. But yes. if we go, if I approach with indifference... Then I shut down. Then I, it ends. For me, I just stop communicating. So the, within our relationship, this is the most deadly one here. Yes. All right, which one do I show the most? Indifference. <laughs> okay, that's exactly right. All right, so now that we've talked about tone, how important it is, then the next one is the talk. You have to actually have talks. You have to actually communicate to actually communicate, okay? So talk is what you say, all right? So we say here that in Ephesians it says, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time. Take advantage of the time that you have together. So you have to chart out time. You have to make plans to have the talks. You have to have talks, but you can't have them in such a rushed way that you won't ever be able to have the talks that you need to have. And that's what it's saying here, because don't be unwise, because you have to have these talks, you have to go alone in prayer, you have to have these discussions, so that your family can reap what is the will of the Lord for your family. Okay, Galatians says, let us not grow weary of doing good, don't get tired, don't pass it off. Don't, if you need to have these talks annually, weekly, daily, don't give up. It is worth investing into your families, okay? So, now let's talk about those talks, alright? Here's what the talks are. The first one is the talk. That's, this isn't the one that we have with our kids at age 13. Okay, but these are proactive communication. And this is where you sit down. And when I do premarital counseling, we always t talk with them that you have to have the talk. You have to understand. And we've had these talks, right? Mm -hmm. All right, so what's the rule with the phone? Okay, go ahead. Yeah, go. Our rule with the phone is we know each other's passcode. Um, if he talks to someone, usually female, he'll say, hey, I talked to so-and-so. Do you want to read the text? Nine times out of ten, I'm like, no, that's fine. You're good. But it's always open for a discussion. Okay. And then also we have the talk. We, we understand money, right? We have accounts that we know that, you know, if it's going to drip down below, we got to communicate. Say, hey, we got to tighten the belt up a little bit or something's coming. So we're going to drip down below our agreed upon levels. All right. Um, we have limits that we can spend without talking to each other. Mine is $3.23 and yours is five grand, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Three fifty for you. Okay. I, I bumped you up. How do you know when I use my card to buy a, a fountain soda? Real time banking. I hate real time banking. Okay. <laughs> she catches me before I even. I'm like, 
not even out of the parking lot yet. And she's texting me like, really? You bought a diet mount, a 40 ounce diet mountain? I'm like looking like. Where? That really happened. <laughs> that did. Where are you? How are you? How are you seeing this? Okay. But you got to have these talks. Okay. Also, you got to talk about how you're going to discipline kids. Okay. Also about all this stuff. All right. So you got to have the talks. The next one is what I'm referring to as small talk. Okay. So the first one is proactive. We're planning. We're getting ready because there's trouble. And, and, and remember this. Okay. Marriages that haven't had any trouble, that's scary ground right there, okay? Because if you have trouble in your life, and you're going to have troubles in your life, and you do it biblically, would you agree that you come out of those troubles and you're actually stronger than if you went than before the struggle hit? 100%. Okay, good. But these small talks, the first one is proactive. We're preparing. Now, these are small talks. So these are the, com- the personal communication. You have to talk to one another. All right, here's the deal. I, I talk all day long, and when I come home, I shut down, don't I? I want to shut down. I, I want to disappear in the back bedroom yep. with my... I have a 60-inch television in my bedroom. I have to put sunscreen on before I go to bed, okay? So it's a, it's a wonderful, wonderful environment back there, and I love to go back there, but I have to... I, and, and sometimes you come up, and what do you say to me? Are you going to go to bed while I cook dinner? Okay. So I have to come out and, and become part of the family again. And here's the deal. And this is what I say in marriage, in marriage counseling, premarital counseling. Like, you know, if you're going to be inside of a marriage, here's the deal. Men are more physical. So I actually tell the wives and, and, and the future wives, like, listen, you know, if you want to have a healthy marriage, you're going to have to get more sexually physical. Okay? It's just the way it is. Men are geared more that way. And then I tell the, the husbands, or the future husbands, like, listen, I just did you a big deal right there, okay? I said something very wonderful to your wife. Here's what you have to give in for on, on your account, and it's, you have to talk, right? She's an accountant. She loves details. So I've learned to say, uh, hey, this morning I woke up. It was 5.51. I actually set the alarm for 5.50. I kind of laid there a little bit. I actually got up at 5.00. I'm not that bad. No, you're not. Okay. So, but you have to talk. Okay. And when we, when we talk, when we take our walks, those are, that's wonderful times, isn't it? Huh? Kind of get separated. And you have to talk to your kids. The average parent spends eight minutes a day talking to their kid. Isn't that terrible? Eight minutes a day. That's the average. That's the average amount of time a parent spends on a daily basis. Now, it might be because their face is in a phone and they're locked behind bedroom doors, but you've got to bust them out and you've got to communicate. You've got to have the small talk. The other one is what I call pillow talk, and that is exactly what it sounds like, intimate conversation, in, intimate communication. This is where you bear your soul to each other. Okay? You tell what you're afraid of. You tell what you're going through. These are probably some of the most influential and uh, impactful talks that you can ever have because this is where you truly get to know each other at a soul level. And if you do it according to the Bible, your marriage will bind. Do you agree with that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, okay. All right. So the next one is trust. How big of a deal is trust with you? Very big. It Almost as be. big as tone, right? Yes. And this is basically saying, can I trust you? And listen, men, women, if you're going to talk to your, to your husbands and you finally get them to open up and you ever reveal that and you use it against them or bust them out in front of their friends, they will never open up to you again. It will take a lot of work. Men are very prideful. Once you start having those intimate conversations, then you can't use that as a weapon. And the same thing with women. Once they talk to you, they expect it 
to stay within the, the family unit here, okay? And we love it because God is a trustful God. He's always there. Are, are you someone who can be trusted? Are you someone who can be counted on, all right? And every word that comes from God is pure. He is a shield. He is pure. You know that I'm not going to lie to you. So here's the deal. Um, can, you, can you be trusted in what you're saying, okay? So the next one is truth. And, man... If we lie to each other, how, how mad do you get at me when you catch me? And you know, and I, I'm probably I've lied to you about some big stuff, but you know, not in a while. I've been pretty good, right? But if yeah, you may do some shaving. Yeah, we shave the ice a little bit, right? <laughs> Make it fit inside the cone, but yeah, I don't like that. No, you don't, do you? No, nope, nope. And it and it hurts our relationship when I'm not 100 well, sure. percent truthful. Yeah, sure it does. Okay, so the truth. And here's the thing. Jesus Christ says, however, when he, the spirit of the truth comes, he will guard you into all truth and that he will not speak his own words on his own authority, but he speaks the words of Jesus Christ who's always operating in the will of God the Father. And that's why you can enter into communication with Jesus Christ because you know that you're receiving the truth. And communication that does not have truth to it is not communication. It's not healthy communication. So truth is a big deal. Okay? So... With that, are you approachable, are you loving, forgiving, loyal, and are you private? Those are important things. Okay, now, real quick, let's talk about the failures of communication. Um, Gary Chapman is a Christian author. He writes a lot about families. If you've never read any of his stuff, Five Languages of Love, I think, is one that he wrote. This one that um, I got it from is now, now You're Speaking My Language. This is The Art of Miscommunication. It's a great book. Pick it up. Inside of this, he gives the four fouls of communication. There's the dove, and the dove, and these are, now remember, these are miscommunications. These are people and personalities that hurt communication. And the dove is someone who at any cost will do, and, and do anything to keep the peace, at any cost. Just, just keep the peace. They enable, they, they won't, you know, won't address truth, they may lie, they'll do anything to keep the peace. Then there's the hawk. And the hawk is the aggressor, the aggressive, and nothing is their fault, and they're always right. And as soon as something goes wrong, they're aggressively attacking, and they're aggressively at you saying, it's your fault, and you're the one who did it, not me, okay? And then the third is the owl, and the owl is someone who wants to be reasonable, logical. It'd be like being married to Spock on Star Trek, okay? Absolutely no emotion. In fact, they fight their emotion, they cover their emotion, they hide their emotion, they suppress their emotion because they want to appear to be reasonable. And they will, at all costs, keep their emotions down. And you, it's hard to get to know these people. It's hard to get truthful answers from them because they never allow their emotions to come forward. And then there is the ostrich. And this is the person who says, if I ignore it long enough, if I ignore it hard enough, it will simply go away. And these are people who have suppressed things forever and finally something blows up in their face and it blows up at such a level it causes fatal damage sometimes, okay? Here's the moment you've been waiting for all morning. All right, so before I do this, okay, you're a hawk. I hate to say that to you. You're a hawk, all right? When things go wrong, you get aggressive. Is that me doing that? Okay, sorry. But you're a hawk, so if something goes wrong, then you can come across pretty aggressive, and you sometimes can blame people, okay? So let's see where we are here. I'm going to take over, Scott. Is that all right? 
Okay, there we go. All right, so you're the hawk. You're a pretty hawk. I will say you look pretty up on the (laughs) telephone pole, but you're a hawk, all right? You're a hybrid. You're a dove ostrich. A dove and an ostrich. Yeah, that's you. Expand on that just a touch. Well, I mean, just exactly what they say. You want to keep peace. You'll, especially extended, you'll, you'll try to keep peace, but then you're also, you think if I ignore it, it, it will go away. Just don't deal with it. it. It'll be okay. It'll be okay. And then if that approach doesn't work, then we flip over into a dove, and it'll be, I'll do whatever, just as long as it goes away and there's peace. That's pretty fair. That's pretty fair. I wish I wasn't. None of these are good, right? But I wish I wasn't those. All right. And probably how, why we have survived so long is because you're the hawk feeding off my poor little dove body, okay? All right. Okay. Communication is the key. We've had a little fun here. We've hit some very important issues, some very important topics. This is the lifeblood of relationships in Regardless of your relationship that you're speaking of, it's a, if it's with Jesus Christ, you have to have a healthy form of communication. Truth, tone, all that. The other one is, with your marriage, you have to communicate in a healthy way with your spouse. With kids, you have to communicate with your kids in a healthy way. Yes, you have to discipline them, you have to be firm with them, but you have to communicate in a healthy way with them. It says in the Bible that you have to speak in love and all those things that come with love to be your tone right, to be honest, to tell the truth, to be confidential. It also is that you may grow up in all things. So as you do this, your marriage, your family, your relationships will get healthier. And it says that let the words proceed out of my mouth so that it may show my heart and may be acceptable in your sight. Because the Lord, my God, is my rock and my redeemer. We love our relationship with Jesus Christ because of the things. And because he is truthful, he is loyal, he provides grace, he is always forgiving, he is loving in every aspect. Even at our worst, he still loves us. He will always be there, never forsake us. You can never be separated from the love of Jesus Christ. There's not anything on this world that can show. That is the kind of love that, is, that you are to show not only in your marriage, but also in your communication. And understand that she needs security from me, and I need respect from her. So come here real quick with me, babe. Dear God, we come to you now, and we are just so thankful for our families. We're thankful for our spouses. We're thankful for our children. We're thankful for our church family. Dear Lord, we're thankful for our personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And we just ask that you just allow us to develop healthy ways of communication, healthy forms of communication, And dear Lord, we are just thankful for all your many blessings. And dear Lord, if there's someone out there who needs a touch, just provide a touch to them. Dear Lord, if there's someone out there who's never known you as their Savior, we may ask that you just touch them today and they may reach out, they reach out to accept you as their Savior. In Christ's name we pray these things. Amen.